Welcome to Resilience Found, a podcast of stories shared in hopes to inspire, encourage, and most importantly, let others know they are not alone. Everyone has a story to tell. Do you want to tell yours? Today, I'm talking with Allison McLean of Ignite Your Wellness, and she's going to share her story of how an illness essentially brought her to her passion, which is helping entrepreneurs through a holistic approach by putting themselves first. And I'll let her explain more of that. But Allison, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Perfect. So, you know, to kind of just kick things off, how, you know, how did you come to finding out? I know that you um, have some genes, like a genetic mutation that you discovered. Can you kind of set the scene for us of of how this all came to be? Sure. Well, uh, like most entrepreneurs, I was kind of humming along in my business at the time. This was maybe five, six years ago um, and and had a good rhythm. And I'm a physical therapist, yoga teacher primarily, and had a brick and mortar at that time where I was doing a lot of one-on-one sessions working with students, uh, doing workshops, and I was also leading my own yoga teacher training. So I loved it all. It was a lot. I had a two-year-old, but and I was tired at the time. But I played it up to a busy schedule and chasing a, a little, little toddler around. <laughs> and long story short, though, um, we have, I grew up, um, watching some family members, uh, my dad, his sister, and his mom deal with multiple rounds of cancer that just kept returning, returning, and returning. And finally, it was an oncologist. Uh, My dad had another round of cancer um, internally and skin, and an oncologist just said, this frequency is not normal. Do you have children? Um, I recommend a genetic test. And this was the, you know, this is the very beginning of uh, DNA profiling, genetic screening. Um, And so we didn't really quite understand what it all meant. And my dad just kind of being a dad and a male, (laughs) put it off for some time, uh, a couple of years, because we didn't really think it was that urgent. But finally, he did get a genetic screen done um, just to see uh, if myself, my sister, and my brother needed to be tested as well. And sure enough, he was positive for Lynch syndrome, which is a genetic mutation. It's a DNA replication error. That's about as far as I know. (laughs) I don't, uh, don't specialize in genetic Um, counseling or DNA or anything like that. But because of this error, it puts us at risk for numerous cancers, the highest being colorectal cancer, which he had already had a few times, um, and numerous other ones. And my sister quickly got tested after him and was positive. And at that point, I go, oh, shoot, I better get tested as well. And so it, this was four summers ago. I was I test I tested for um, this specific genetic mutation, and it did come back positive, or 
what they call it in the genetic test is uh, pathologic. And because of this, um, it was quickly thrown into a bunch of cancer screens, the first being um, a colonoscopy. And it was that very first colonoscopy that did detect, fortunately for my, for my own house, um, rectal cancer. And it was early, it was stage one, but a surgery was required. And truthfully, that whole journey caused me to take a step back and reflect like, what you know, what do I really value in my life? How did I get to this spot? Because I care so deeply about health and wellness and I I teach it myself. And what can I do so I can prevent this from occurring in the future if possible and um, just have it so my business is not so vulnerable and most importantly, so I can spend more time with my family. And so that's kind of how my business evolved from that point on. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, what, I know this is always a sticky question sometimes to ask, but I mean, when you hear that, oh, hey, since we you have this mutation and we're checking for cancer and we found this, I mean, what's what goes through your mind hearing that? Yeah. You know, for me at that time, Truthfully, it was a lot of shame uh, because I was in the yoga world, because I was in the health and wellness world. Sometimes you think that all you're, that you're doing uh, makes you almost invincible. And since I wasn't and I got cancer, what did I do wrong? Like, where did I screw up? You know, <laughs> how did I end up with this? And it really took a lot of coaching. I work with coaches. I also work with a naturopath. And, you know, they were quick to point out that had I not been doing all that I was doing, it could have been stage three or four of that when it was caught. And to really congratulate myself on all that I was doing and know that, yes, the field of epigenetics, which really promotes taking responsibility for your health and how our lifestyle and environmental factors and mindset and everything can really influence the course and progression of disease or prevent it. It's, it's a really wonderful body of work. But at the same time, sometimes people are just dealt the deck of cards that they're dealt in life. And it doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong. Um, so, you know, at that point I decided, okay, there's still areas I can improve. So I still work on diet. I still work on mindset a lot, like learning how to process emotions and not hold anger in. I, I work a lot on um, practicing what I preach for my own uh, entrepreneur clients and yoga teachers is having balance in life, you know, doing what I love and what lights me up and enjoying life with my family and just having downtime and doing nothing. And so the last few couple of years in my business actually was a big pivot, but at, which actually set me up for the pandemic quite well because I was already moving online and doing uh 
different type of work than the traditional even physical therapy or yoga and coaching model. It was my own special hybrid and I was working, I, I continue to work from a cedarwood she shed in the front of my home because I love working from home I and I can that. be there for my family. <laughs> I'm jealous of your she So it's, you know, it, it was scary at times. I think that's, you know, sometimes part of the entrepreneurial journey or just, you know, mom parent journey is to question if you are doing the right thing, making the right decisions, but at the same time, you just have to learn how to trust and trust that you will have your own back no matter what happens in life. And I think really that is what gives me resilience. Like people, my clients, my students, they always ask me like, oh, how do you bounce back? Or how do you, because I continually get screens. In fact, just last week I had a screen and um, a CT scan and something popped up. And so now it requires further testing and people are like, well, how, how do you keep showing up? How do you keep recovering? And it is just knowing that no matter what happens, I'm, it'll be all right. I'll get through it. I'll figure it out, you know, and I'll, maybe I'll learn from it. Maybe not. Cause sometimes things are just crappy, <laughs> Sure, but regardless, sure. I'll get through it, you know? <laughs> And so what are some of the practices, you know, I know you mentioned uh, mindfulness, right, is one, or mindset. Mm -hmm. What are some of the practices that really helped you and helped you release a lot of that shame? Because I find that interesting, you know, like you said, being into all these health and wellness things and yoga and then being faced with an illness and then thinking, oh my gosh, like, did I screw this up somehow? Um, yeah. How did you, like, what were some of the practices that really helped you release a lot of that? Well, working with someone is huge. Um, having a coach or, you know, whatever, there's so many different modalities, uh, acupuncturist, naturopath. I have quite honestly all of them and I just um, use them as needed. Some people I see every week, some people I see as needed, and some people I see maybe once or twice a quarter in, in combination with Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And it really was finding the right team of both Western medicine and um, alternative medicine and coaching for my, for my mind um, that helps me see outside my own box or where I might be beating myself down unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. But then taking those tools and taking that awareness and beginning to do that for myself uh, catching my brain when it's going into kind of a stress response or a fear-based response or, you know, the mean girl thoughts type response and saying, wait a minute, is this really valid? Is this really true? Uh, so journaling helps a lot. And for me, it's not dear diary. It's actually like taking those thoughts, like my diet needs to be more perfect or whatever it is, you know, uh, and just journaling it out. Like, why am I thinking that? Why, why am I acting this way? Uh, why am I feeling this way? And hashing it all out to get to the deeper root, often uh, beliefs and values. And some of them maybe were taught to me as a kid, or I just learned or picked up along the way because of experiencing, but it's analyzing, is this really serving me 
or not and letting go of the ones that don't serve me, bringing in new beliefs, new values, new thoughts. So that is that is the practice of mindfulness. And for me anyway, sometimes it's really tedious because you have to stop yourself like in the middle. You have to catch yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you have a puppy and you're trying to teach it how to potty train, at first, you know, he might go potty in the middle of the living room and then eventually you start getting to know his behaviors or her behaviors and you catch him quicker and quicker and are able to get him outdoors faster and faster. And then finally he gets it and goes outdoors on his own. And I think that is uh, similar to the process of mindfully becoming aware of our own thoughts throughout our day. It's like, oh, shoot, I just had that thought. I just beat myself up and now I'm in the shame, shame spiral. But then you get better at it and you can track it down or even catch yourself beforehand or pause and reflect. It's it's just having the awareness. If you're if you don't know what's going on and why, then it's hard to catch yourself. It is, and especially, you know, now with like we always have our phones attached to us, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's the I heard somebody say the other day. There's this urgent response culture, right? You get an right. email, you get a text, you got to hurry up. You know, it's hard not to be in that peaceful, quiet mindset to have that open awareness of what you're feeling because you find that, or at least I find that I kind of shovel things to the side and distract myself with something else, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's just part of our brains wired for survival. So it's going to naturally go to a fear-based response or what it thinks, uh, what's comfortable, what, what, what it knows the outcome for a pattern response it's just naturally going to go that direction so moving into a new pattern and a new way of being it's uncomfortable and it's icky at times especially when it's going against the grain of society but it's just remembering why and that keeps propelling you forward. So then eventually it gets more comfortable and becomes a new pattern. Uh, But yeah, so I have for myself just certain times where I might look at the phone or respond to emails. And now my schedule, I block. Uh, I block off patient time. I block off uh, business coaching time. Uh, And I don't do as many trainings now on the weekends, which my daughter and husband love because I'm home more. So I've had to set some hard boundaries and make some hard decisions and say no to some things. But eventually it allowed me to say yes to life in some ways too. I think that's great. And so, you know, once you released the shame of that you mentioned of your illness and then in health and wellness and using mindfulness and journaling and talking to your coaches, what kind of helped you to, is that when you started, you were already doing your business or is that when you started working with entrepreneurs? Yeah. Uh, no, I started my business in 2016. Okay. Uh, so I pivoted um, into more, it's a hybrid model now. So Got I still okay. work one-on-one with people online or in person, but I also do um uh, yoga teacher trainings, I've pivoted them from in-person to online. It's mm-hmm. it's a hybrid, again, some of it's online, some of it's in-person, and then a, a mastermind. 
where I, I worked with a, a cohort of entrepreneurs at one time. So it's a different business model completely than where I was before. And it serves, it serves my clients better because I show up with more energy and I have more flexibility in my schedule and I'm more recovered instead of racing from one thing to the next where I was always kind of running on empty and feeling depleted and truthfully close to burnout at the time, which I didn't even, I didn't realize till I got out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty common. I hear uh, from friends that are in that world um, when it's just you, you're always mm -hmm. on and go, go, go. And everything's a priority, right? Yeah, totally. And then you're, you're a mom too, or a dad, a parent. So like, then there's that aspect and it, but it's hard to turn your brain off. Like I noticed I'd be at home playing with my daughter, but yeah, I was still worrying about, you know, maybe a problem in the business or things I had to do. And I was distracted and she would notice and pick up on that too. And that's not fair for her either. And it's not, that's not good quality work for my business anyway. So it's, again, it's just catching myself in the moment and being like, no, refocus on the daughter. Now is the time for family. And in the beginning, it was like really awkward and weird, but now I love it. I love that boundary. Uh, just the other day, this, you know, we're recording after the holiday weekend. So we went to an amusement park close to town and just ha had a blast. And then I show up today, at, you know, for my business, feeling so much more replenished and creative. So it's sometimes hard to stop that loop, but when you do, it's, it's so, so much more fulfilling. And what got you back in 2016? What uh, inspired you to work with entrepreneurs? Well, at that time, I was working with uh, active adults. So I was doing more of a brick and mortar uh, physical therapy clinic. So I was working with a lot of injuries. Um, and I was always combining yoga because I had... Um, I was a division one diver and I had a few surgeries from that. And it really was a combination of physical therapy and yoga 20 years ago that helped me to heal. So I just realized the powerful combination. So back then I was working with a lot of um, active adults that maybe had a disc injury or neck pain and we would combine um, yoga and physical therapy. But that evolved to me doing a lot of work with the nervous system because I was working with a lot of, um, actually, a lot of them were entrepreneurs uh, of the service-based type injury, uh, uh, service-based type business, or they were parents and moms or employees that kind of ran their home or their facet of you know, their job like an entrepreneurship. So I found myself really talking with them about their lifestyle, about what stressed them out and correlating their pain with the amount of stress or happiness, their passion in the world, um, and journaling that out. Because I found a lot of the people that came to see me, they had worked with other physical therapists before. They sometimes saw like six seven, eight, 10 practitioners of all different flavors, chiros, acupuncturists, Western medicine, you name it. 
And yet they still had this problem, uh, let's just take sciatica or a disc issue that was really interfering with their life. And so I had to find out, well, what really was going on? What is the missing link? And for some of them, it was stress. For some of it, it was just unhappiness and lack of passion in their job or just in life in general. And how do we use the tools of yoga, of movement, of breath, of meditation in combination with traditional physical therapy tactics like stabilization and core strength and flexibility? How do we combine all that together and get someone to be in a place where they have a program that kind of is like their safety net and gives them buffer? Uh, buffer room so they can too have resilience and they're alive like no matter their diagnosis whether it's scoliosis or a degenerative disc disease or an autoimmune disease and that's kind of how this evolved because I found myself you know saying a lot of this or I'd have the entrepreneurs come in and they're lying on the table and we're talking shop and business strategies. And I, mm -hmm. I can see it, how it's impacting their pain. So that's kind of how it progressed. <laughs> that's a, I like that. That's a cool story. So not only were they seeing you for physical pain, but also you were able to dig in and recognize that there was more to it in the emotionally. Yeah. It, it often I find, you know, Unless it's a trauma, like a surprise car accident, for example, or something like that, most times there is some type of emotional component. Not not all the time, but I'd say a higher percentage of the times than Western medicine really recognizes. Until now, I think now they're starting to, you'll hear more and more over the next few years about trauma and nervous system response. And it doesn't have to mean a big trauma like abuse or horrific accident or anything like that. Sometimes in life, we all have little micro traumas. Maybe it was a teacher that put us down or uh, a friend that bullied us or a parent that told us we weren't meeting expectations or any of these things, our brain can symbolize or interpret as danger. And then that kind of lives on in our nervous system. And it's how we show up. It can influence our personality. It can um, cause us to take certain actions or non-actions. And when we really peel, which you know, influences how we feel in our body or our health or our wellness. And when we peel back the layers, why often we get to these deeper, deeper rooted issues like this and working with those can help to, um, it's not like I can heal a scoliosis, for example, mm -hmm. where the spine is curved in such a way and that is how they're born. I can't influence that, but what I can do is give them tools so they know um, that despite having curvature in their spine, for example, they're worthy, they can show up, they can take up space, they're strong, they're, you know, resilient, and if they do have pain, they know exactly what to do, and or if they're an entrepreneur, they, they know uh, how to strategize their business that serves their health so they can show up with a lot of energy um, and make change in other people's lives. And, and 
for me, it really brings me a lot of joy to help people find find that space and resilience. I love that. And for someone listening that might think, you know, say maybe they don't have a particular illness or injury, but maybe they're struggling emotionally with, you know, coming out of this pandemic fog, for instance, that we've all been Yes. In. You know, mm-hmm. where, where does someone start? You know, you have... Do I do yoga? Do I do, uh, do I meditate? Do I, you know, there's all these different, like you said, modalities. Do I find? Sure. Yeah. You know, it's figuring out what lights you up. It's just questioning. Sometimes we know what we need or want, like something simple, like going out in nature or Mm -hmm. getting close to a body of water or going out for a run or CrossFit, whatever lights you up do that. But sometimes we hold ourselves back from doing that because we feel like we should be doing something else or someone told us to do something else. But when you really start to connect with your innate you and your authentic needs and desires, that can bring so much joy. And there's a lot of studies that show that just doing that, whether it's joy in your work or joy outside of work and and supporting yourself in all these ways can boost mood. And then there's a trickle effect into other areas of your life. So then maybe you're not as stressed and quick to anger with your significant other or your children. So there's less tension in the home and everyone's happier. Uh, so, but it starts with really knowing you and, and what you need and And for me, for example, I love to walk and I was forcing myself to run and that really drained my energy and beat my body down. And, and it was also accepting to the fact that I love to be with people and I love to help people, but I'm also an introvert. And sometimes I just want to stay home and read a book and not talk to anyone. And that's okay too. That's how I replenish myself. And so my daughter and my husband understand that now and they you know they give me space when I need it but I have to re- I have to know it and then I have to request that and those two things are sometimes hard too. <laughs> yes, definitely uh, I had a coach tell me that you have to put yourself first without conviction. And that is really hard to do. <laughs> it is. It's so hard. And um but it's realizing and knowing that you're worthy of that, you deserve that. And but sometimes, you know, that's still not enough of a driver for some people. So it's realizing that, like, and I experience this personally, if your cup is completely depleted and you don't have anything more to give energy or time or bandwidth, then you can't help other people. So the only way to show up and be that parent that you really want to be or that entrepreneur that you really want to be is to put yourself first. So, you know, for me, it required making changes to my schedule and making sure I didn't have take my lunch break and put a client in it (laughs) or an interview or something. And it was making sure I stopped my day at a reasonable hour and I had weekends off. Um, You know, for you, you really have to analyze what is it that you really need so you can show up. And then the most important step next is 
looking at the buts because your brain will be like, but I can't do that because of this or all the resistance. That is the work. When you work with those reservations or hesitations or obstacles or any of that, that is that is the work that frees you. So it's really noticing, oh, okay, if I say I'm going to stop my day at five or even two o'clock, let's say your kids get out of school and you want to stop your day at two o'clock. Like what are the challenges that come up if you were to make that boundary? And then you solve for those challenges, both mentally and, you know, strategically, physically, then you can get moved towards the direction that you need to go. Yeah, that's so true. And every once in a while, I know when I'm feeling extra stressed or kind of, I guess for lack of better adjectives, crabby, my mm-hmm. family. It or, happens to all of us. Or whatever, <laughs> you know. And I'll be like, okay, Andrea, what, what's the deal here? Is there something that you're doing that's not really serving you? And what is it, right? And then yes. I'll try to journal and, you know, what is it that's, what can I change? Or what are the limiting beliefs that are getting in the way that are making me feel really down about something? And that was, limiting beliefs were a huge thing for me during the pandemic. And I had been laid off from the hospitality and tourism industry. And, Mm. you know, your whole industry's turned on its head, goes upside down, disappears overnight. And you're left with, well, now what do I do? And... (laughs) talk about doing, you know, some major soul searching. And that's when I signed up to work with uh, this amazing coach I worked with. And one of her things was, well, what are these limiting beliefs that you've had, that you've had for probably for years? And really looking at that and thinking, well, how do you reframe that, right? To, which digs into your mindset and your whole attitude, right? Yeah, and it's feeling. Yeah. Sometimes with these beliefs and thoughts, they're attached to a really powerful emotion. Like for me, a lot of the times um, I have this feeling like or or belief, you know, you have to work hard for money. And it was literally how I showed up in my business. I was physically working hard, teaching lots of yoga classes, doing a lot of body work sessions, racing around from one studio, one place to the next. And I was exhausted at the end of my day. But to let go of that, it was so ingrained in my nervous system. It brought so much fear and scarcity up that that was really the work. How can I support myself so I'm not like blocking those emotions because they're part of the normal human experience. We're all going to feel some negative emotions at some point. How can we realize that if we learn how to feel those and just be with those, that sometimes that's the worst it's going to get, just feeling that or failure, right? Sometimes we're afraid to fail and whatever it might be that if we feel the failure now, that's it. Like we're, it gives us strength and we can work through that. And sometimes just doing that, those those old patterns or those old beliefs, they just kind of dissolve and let go. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Like you think mentally you can just let that go, but it's actually a lot of work. 
I know. And sometimes it pops up like when you least yeah. expect it. You're like, shoot, man, I thought I worked through that. What are you doing here? Yeah, yeah they, they like to poke you on the shoulder every once in a while and remind you that they're still there sometimes. Yeah, totally. And so with your clients, what brings you a lot of joy? And, you know, is there a common theme that comes up with them and, and how you help entrepreneurs? Yeah, I see it a lot. This thread of the conversation that we're having really shows up in the entrepreneurial world because because of fear, because of scarcity, because of limiting beliefs, it's causing them to take certain actions in their business like hustle, work really hard like I did, or play it small and, and freeze or not take any action. So then they're not getting the results that they really want in their business, right? So my work is to uncover some of those and work through them so then they can be the entrepreneur that they want to be because what lights me up, I realize, is the more people that I help become more sex successful in their entrepreneurship, the more people they help. And it's like a trickle-down trickle, uh, effect where – Yes, I might be helping one person at a time, but then they're also helping one person at a time. And by doing this, we're helping many people, which I just love. Yeah. And do you find yourself still building resilience through either through your own situations or, you know, like you have you mentioned the CT scan that just happened? Or do you also find you're building resilience through working with your clients as well? Yeah, both for sure. Sometimes, um, you know, clients, they'll, they'll show you what you don't know, or maybe where you might need to grow. And so I'm always doing the work. And that's why I love having my own coaches. So if I do feel stuck in a way, um, I can bring it to them and they can give me their objective viewpoint or ask me questions that maybe I haven't considered that opens my own mind. So for sure, working with people strengthens my own resilience and evolves me on the path. And I'm continually doing the work with my Lynch story. Um, you know, I think as the field of genetics and epigenetics evolved, we can see what is possible for genetic mutations because right now epigenetics will kind of a lot of the books i read kind of brush it off they say all this works except for those who have a mutation but yeah i feel that that work is important for those of us with a mutation as well and maybe mutations can be healed all i know is that i'm going to do the work because i have the potential for what i learned to help heal generations back you know i can teach my my dad and generations forward by helping my daughter sh strengthen her own resilience. So if she herself is positive, then um, she'll be able to handle it with more grace or potentially doing this work, maybe she'll be negative. And, you know, that's, that's what I would hope for. Absolutely. And on that same note, you know, is there anything that advice that you would give to others that uh, or anything that you wish you would have known before that might have helped you more on your path whether it's running your business or with Lynch anything that you find that now that you wish you would have knew then oh yeah if I could <laughs> go back to um, 
you know, baby entrepreneur Allison will call her when I first started is just show up and trust, have your own back. You know, so I played it small for a long time. I was afraid to offend people or be judged or fail. And I really held myself back in a lot of ways. And that by doing that, I was hustling to over in overcompensation. And, um, Now it's just using my voice, trusting that I can help people. I'm here for their, their highest good. And the other thing is you don't have to suffer in silence or by yourself. I was really afraid to invest and work with coaches because it is expensive. It is an investment, but truthfully it's worth it. Right now I'm working with a coach on, Um, finding my own voice and using my voice and not getting stuck in that fear or freeze response. And so it's not even a monetary goal, that money goal that I'm working towards. But yeah, it's funny because the more I find myself learning how to really use my own voice, then I'm saying the hard things in, in with some of my clients and they're learning more about themselves. So it does have a trickle trickle down effect into my business as well you just you'll just never know the outcome that you might get and how it might transform your life and transform others lives no absolutely and I think uh working with a coach I think you know like I know a lot of people my friends or family when I've I've worked with two um Mm -hmm. over COVID and they're like oh so did they give you really great advice And, and I would say well no, I'm like, what they do is they have a way of asking you questions to get you to figure things out. Yes, that is it. Yes. And that is so empowering because if you're able to unravel it for yourself or realize what's really happening in your brain for yourself, then you can replicate it. You can do more of it instead of getting some kind of cookbook process or script or someone telling you what to do, which then you can only have for that area. It's very stagnant. It is. And I think too, some might say, and and there are some great self-help books out there, but books you can Mm -hmm. read and, and sure you can, but there's something to be said for an objective perspective Mm -hmm. and someone that's giving you feedback on what you are saying, right? Totally. Sometimes that is when the awareness happens. There's a coaching book that says, you know, um, sometimes what is therapeutic and healing for people, um, there's a story of someone just going out and talking to a lamppost for 20 minutes a day Uh that, you know, each time they talk to the lamppost, they would, it would reveal We just don't, in our society right now, like you said, that urgent response, like we don't stop enough to ever ever reflect or analyze what it is that we're actually thinking or celebrate wins, small or big, that we have in our life or any of this. We just go from one thing to the next, the next, the next. So sometimes just having someone holding the space for us and being a mirror to our thoughts or allowing us to see our own thoughts with them, not even 
doing much of anything is so healing. It is. It is. I mean, I'm so grateful for the time I had with my coaches and I look forward to working, you know, either with the same ones or different ones, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because it was just so, uh, just having that perspective and digging deep into yourself is such a huge thing, I think, that everybody should have the opportunity to do. Yes, for sure. And I thank you so much for your time. I feel like I could just listen to you talk for a, forever. <laughs> you oh, have so many interesting so things. No, thank you. This is a lot of fun. No, I, I love it. And I love your story. And I admire you. Um, very inspirational to... Um, even to be willing to admit, right, that, hey, I suffered with shame and I'm in this because I'm in this field of um, wellness that really hit with me. So I, I commend you and I wish you positive news and good health. I know that a lot of what you've said is really going to resonate with our listeners. And yeah, I just really appreciate your time. Very grateful. Yeah, thank you.